Welcome to Aging is Living, a podcast brought to you by Central Plains Area Agency on Aging, which highlights topics and people who promote purposeful living and positive aging. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the Aging is Living podcast. This month is special. It is National Family Caregiver Month, and today we have three special guests. Uh, we'll be joined by Miss Rhonda Custard and our two guests, Annette Graham and Mary Keller. Hi. I appreciate you allowing me to have this actual platform to speak about National Family Caregivers Month. So this month is to honor all of our caregivers who take care of their loved ones, whether it's near or far, and it can be working caregivers as well as 24-hour a day caregiving. And so what we here at Central Plains Area Agency on Aging try to do is we try to love on our caregivers that we serve within our community. So our caregivers that we serve, the community at large, is Butler, Harvey, and Sedgwick County. So we, we really desire to let them know that they're important to us. And so on today, as you stated, we have two working caregivers. And, you know, trying to maintain your work job habits and then take care of loved ones within the, your community, personal community, can challenge each individual. So trying to balance that role, it can be t- tasking on some people, and yet we have to applaud them for the efforts and the successes that they do have. So I appreciate Annette and Mary being here today, along with myself as a caregiver, to speak to the group that you all have, Aging is Living Population. Awesome. That is excellent, and thank you so much um, for everything you guys do. Uh, Just to get started, why don't you just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been a family caregiver. Okay, my name is Annette Graham, and uh, I am a social worker, and I've worked in the field of aging all of my professional career, and I'm currently the director for the Central Plains Area Agency on Aging. Um, I have been, over the years, a family caregiver for various members of my family, um, but the current role as a caregiver is for my mother, and that started during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So two and a half, three years uh, is about the, the time I've been it in this role, and that has evolved over time as situation and her physical functioning has changed. Mary Keller, uh, I am a fiscal associate here at Central Plains Area on Aging. I would estimate, because there's been caregiving along the way, but about five years more actively involved in daily living kinds of things, and and that with my parents. Yeah. My father's passed now, but it's still, um, I'm glad that I'm able to help my mom. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you both for sharing. And that kind of goes along with the theme for this year's National Family Caregiver Month, which is... Hashtag... Caregiving happens at the drop of a hat. Um, As Annette and Mary stated about their caregiving journey, I recently have been dropped in as a long-distance caregiver of an aunt that lives in Colorado, and she has ALS. So trying to navigate and trust people with your loved one long-distance 
it stretches you. You know, um, you, the checks and balances of calling, number one, making sure that she's okay, then speaking with doctors and just things that we take for granted locally, trying to do, navigate it long distance. It, it, yeah, it's a journey. Process, too. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the trust thing is big. the big thing for that. <clears throat> well, yeah, that's... Thank you for sharing that. And uh, you both said, or everybody here has kind of agreed that it kind of happens throughout lifetime or throughout the lifetime. Uh, what is it like whenever that occurrence happens, whenever it does the you know drop of the hat, caregiving happens? What's it like getting into that transition, going through that transition? So for me, it was kind of... Uh, a drop of the hat at a certain point. So I was a caregiver doing some minimal tasks, like doing the laundry and uh, sometimes helping with the grocery shopping during when COVID hit and, and people were supposed to be staying home. So I did the grocery shopping. But then several months ago at the drop of the ha- I hat, my mother fell and broke her hip. So that was a sudden thrust into doing a lot more caregiving. Um, so that was a challenging transition because there was so much more responsibility and just so much worry and so much concern about would she be able to rehab? Would she be able to go back home? Would she be able to walk again? So it was pretty stressful um, on both her part and my part and my family's part being into that role but then trying to just figure out um, kind of how much risk for her to take so feeling extremely protective Mm -hmm. and wanting to really control her activities and control what she was going to do when she went back home and trying to be able to feel more comfortable and I think maybe others have had this experience is that she is an adult she has her own life and I have to give her that space to have risk because as Mm -hmm. adults we always have risk Mm -hmm. Uh, but trying to balance that and just come to terms with I can't protect her it's not my role to to be in that position so that was probably the biggest challenge for Mm -hmm. me is trying to let go and let her make some make her own decisions about that. Sure, I could imagine that would would be the big struggle. And once you do take over that role of having the balance of, you know, helping but not uh, forcing help, right. and right. letting maintain that independence. You know, I smile because it is a role reversal. You know, the first thing popped into my head is when you're you're child is learning to walk or ride a bike and you're that hesitation that you feel when it's like okay they're they're a little unsteady I need to jump so that they don't fall and it's like okay now I'm in the role of caring for my older loved one and it's like okay I need to set some parameters some guidelines I know you're grown I, I really understand birth order here and yet do you realize what just happened to you? <laughs> so, it's a balance. Mm-hmm. It's a balancing mm-hmm. act. So, yeah. Well, speaking of balancing, um, how do you guys 
cope and balance between, you know, work, family, and just everyday life as you become a caregiver? That's challenging. Um, just because you want to do your best at both roles. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's really uh, a challenge to balance both roles. But um, one of the challenges that I've had is... Um, I'm not, I don't stay with my mom all the time, but when my brother who stays with her most of the time is out of town, then that means we just don't really completely trust that she might not fall in the middle of the night. So uh, I am there. So just being there and helping and doing things if you need to in the middle of the night and then coming to work, you know, fresh mm-hmm. is kind of challenging. Um, but. It works out. You just have to kind of figure out how to how to do it, you mm-hmm. know. So I'm thankful for that. But um, yeah, it's it's challenging. Yeah, I could imagine. And you know, like you said, you want to do the best at both and try not to spread yourself thin. So mm-hmm. yeah, I could see that. Um, you know, did it take time? How long was the a transition? Or if somebody you know, just got put into the role of a family giver, what can they expect as far as, does it ever get easier? Is it a constant juggle? Um, It's pretty much a constant juggle. mm -hmm. I think it gets easier, though, because you kind of learn what to expect. Once the hats drop, like everybody said, you know, you kind of learn what to expect and how to uh, adapt to that. Um, But it's interesting. There was a time where, when my father was still alive, my mom, who was... 8889 was his caregiver and he got to the point where he couldn't walk and so and then it got to the point where she couldn't lift him to do basically to get into the chair and and so that was that was uh, required different people to help accommodate that and so you just kind of go with the flow and learn as you're going what to do and how to do it right absolutely I agree. It's a constant learn, learning as you go mm-hmm. and kind of a negotiation between you and your loved one and a compromise and trying to kind of figure out that role because you're never your parent's parent. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't reverse like that, but you've got to figure out and compromise between those two roles mm-hmm. and you have to both be comfortable with it. So it's a kind of a constant negotiation and a learning because we've not done this before. We've never done this before. We've not been a caregiver to this person before. And they've never had to have a caregiver. So it's mm-hmm. it's a challenge on both sides to kind of figure out that new relationship mm-hmm. and what that's going to look like. And it changes over time. Um, so I guess my advice is breathe and kind of calm down and you'll figure it out. Uh, but it's really good to think your way through it, talk to the person, have that discussion, what they're comfortable with, what you're comfortable with, and how that's going to work. But for me to kind of do that balance is I have to have list because I have I paid her bills? Was it my bill? Did I? I mean, this morning that's I was just working on that. It's like I think I paid that bill last month. Let me go check all of the stuff. Um, so it's just having list and keeping track of what what has to be done, what has been done, and just 
it, it's um, it's a learning experience. Yeah, and it sounds like you know communication is a big part right there. Um, just to make sure that everybody is on the same page and you know happy with what's going on. That's a good point. <clears throat> um, how did COVID affect being a family caregiver? Mary, you said that uh, you said about five, five and a half years you've been right, in, right. in this role. Um, so you did have that experience of a little bit before and after. Right. Uh, well, when that came, I mean, you were automatically more cautious and, and um, didn't get out as much. And that's when probably some of the practical things like grocery shopping and, and other things that your parents need um, came into play because you wanted to protect. There were times where my mom would still go to the store with me, masked, you know, and it was like, don't touch that. Don't, you know, you're mm-hmm. <laughs> just really concerned about all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just all of the all of the guidelines and all of the precautions that everyone took kind of multiplied in that situation because you weren't just thinking about yourself. You were thinking also about your loved one and how to protect them. And, yeah, that was basically it. I don't want to say sometimes they didn't think sometimes my mom just wasn't aware enough you know so I would need to be reminding and take precautions with that but um, we were thankful my father um, got transferred out of the care facility that he was in for rehab about 10 days before they closed everything down for COVID oh, wow. and then he passed within about five or six weeks so we were just so very thankful that we were able to get him out and have mm-hmm. him at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a big um, concern mm-hmm. and stressor in caregiving. Because you, when you're used to doing as much as you can at home and then have to go to a facility and then have to leave him, I mean, that was, that was hard. My mom and him had never really been apart more than a few days. So that was, that was really stressful for them. But yeah. thankfully it worked out. I I think the the lockdown and the restrictions on people's ability, you know, we were all very cautious. You're not supposed to go out. Don't go to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Don't go to nutrition sites. Don't go to senior centers. Don't go visit family. I mean, for so long, you know, and I think the impact of that on the older adults and their mental health Mm -hmm. and their overall well-being really took a a hard hit because they didn't have that socialization and they couldn't see family mm-hmm. and you know they're at a point in their life that there's not a lot of years left so when you can't see your grandkids or family member I think that did have a big impact on caregiving and kind of the the need to make sure we increased mm-hmm. that connection and had that connection and the calls and the connection with our loved ones just to kind of help fill that void Mm -hmm. and to to keep kind of on top of that as much as possible. Yeah, technology definitely became a uh, major factor with all of that. And, you know, thank goodness that we were able to, you know, use things like FaceTime and Zoom for telehealth and communication with, you know, grandkids and stuff like that. Um, Is there any other tips or advice that you guys have or wisdom to share? very important to know the resources out there so it's very important to know about your area agency on aging 
and the uh, Aging and Disability Resource Call Center, 855-200-2372, because being a caregiver isn't something you know. It is something you have to learn, and it's very important to find out what those resources are. There are services, there are information, there's respite. There are things that can be very helpful for the caregiver to know to help them do the best job possible. So I think that's really important. Yeah, that was a very good point. I'd like to share and piggyback on what Annette said earlier, and that's breathe. Breathing is so important. They tell you to breathe through the pain. They tell you to breathe. Doctors tell you, okay, if you breathe, it'll help ease some of the, it releases, you know, some of that pressure that you're feeling. Well, we always stop breathing. Pain hits, we stop breathing. Well, we do the same thing in any traumatic event. Caregiving, when it just happens, we stop breathing because we figure we just got to go, go, go. But we have to take, as caregivers, it is our duty to our loved ones to stop and breathe. And not even in the, you know, metaphorical sense, but literally the deep breathing can help to calm those nerves so you can make that um, that decision right. and make a well-informed decision instead of a knee-jerk reaction. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, that was a perfect segue because that was my next question was, um, do you guys have any things that you do to help center yourself, whether it is the deep breathing or meditation or... I like dolphins. Dolphin sounds or images? I like watching dolphins go up and out of the ocean and just go, go, go. Dolphin sounds aren't very pleasant. (laughs) I didn't didn't say I was listening to them, Joe. Thank you. But I love just seeing, I love ocean, I love Mm -hmm. water. So it's so serene to me just to see them go up and Mm -hmm. out and in pairs. Just the travel of the, you see how... I just feel so happy. <laughs> that's awesome, though. That's what you found the thing that you can. Uh, it really is. Anytime I get stressed, water is very soothing to me, in spite of all. If not there, then a picture. Uh, one day I'm going to the Fiji Islands. That's my happy place. It's so serene seeing the palm trees and the white sand mm. and just nothing. No cell phone, just peace. Yeah. And just what you did right there is a good example of, you know, close your eyes and visualize that mm-hmm. happy place for yourself and kind of, you know, take that time for yourself when you do get to the point of just breathe. Mm-hmm. I think um, being able to visualize and remember some things is special and also uh, my faith is just really important to both me and, and, and my parents were the same way. And so that is a real point of strength and um, just being able to rely on somebody besides yourself, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't always come up with the fastest answers, you know, or responses. So just having that time to reflect and meditate, pray, it's really important. Yeah. For me, it's nature, to Mm. go out in nature and kind of feel my place in the world. Mm. It centers me back Mm. to, I'm just a small thing. 
on the side of the ocean. <laughs> uh, and then just to take the joy in those opportunities for relationship, like with my mother, that I would not have had if I weren't in the caregiving journey with her. That to see um, the impact of what I'm doing as a caregiver on her quality of life and on her ability to remain in her home and in her community and just taking stopping and taking joy from mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, because it is, it's a journey that you're, you know, both on. So you can enjoy it and, um, you know, frame it that way. That's that's awesome. <clears throat> I think, too, when even though you have had relationship all this time, uh, sometimes there have been gaps. You've been, like, there were times where I lived much farther away. and um, But now, because you have so much more time, as you do take joy in that and, and just uh, enjoy the little things. I mean, my mom has a, she's pretty serious, but yet she has a great sense of humor. And so to enjoy that, and I wouldn't have had that if I weren't in this role. That's awesome. <clears throat> um, speaking to just general wellness and taking care of yourself, um, we do have a caregiver video that is released, and you can find it on our YouTube channel, Central Plains Area Agency on Aging. And it's a great opportunity, um, like meditation, to take your mind off of things and kind of put more, or fill up that cup, you know, fill up your own cup and um, put back into your body and taking care of yourself. So I encourage you that if you do um, have that urge to get movement, go check out that video and go along with it. And on that note, I'm just going to give a little infomercial because at Central Plains Area Agency on Aging, we do have a YouTube channel, and our very own Joe, who's doing the facilitating of this podcast, has on the go with Joe. So there are several different exercises that we all can partake in that he's done with various groups within the community that he's shared those exercises with and I've done a couple of them Um, I've also did the exercise caregiving exercise uh, myself and Kathy and then uh, Kelly we were all in the video and Joe 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 was Joe and take that as a compliment and he he very well should because we we kept up you absolutely did so be encouraged that at no matter what's going on in your life as caregivers, getting some form of wellness program, exercising, doing something to keep your own body and mind intact helps you thrive with the job at hand, caregiving. Mm, good. Well put. So here at Central Plains Area Agency on Aging, not only do we celebrate National Family Caregivers Month, but we also have the caregiver coordinator programming. We have services for in-home services, which address the needs of the ADLs or your personal care or IADLs, which is your homemaker services. We offer respite in three counties. Sedgwick, Butler, and Harvey County. We also have caregiver transportation. We do individual group, individual counseling for caregivers as well as group counseling. Also, Jessica Hubert, with her being our licensed clinical social worker, 
We do have a family caregiver support group that evening at 6 p.m. It's going to be at Kansas Home Health and Hospice. It's from 6 to 7.30. Please reach out to Jessica Hubert here at Central Plains Area Agency on Aging. The phone number is 855-200-2372. Thank you for that time. Thank you for sharing that and all those resources. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing. And be sure to check back next month for another episode of Aging is Living.